the the Sarvashan history is really quite interesting. This is a Radhaswami book. Yeah. It was written, um, I believe, by the same translators who wrote Sarvashan uh, prose. Um, but it wasn't published. This is the second volume of Sarvashan. It wasn't published when the first volume was published because it talks too much about, too explicitly about consciousness. And um, so Samhain Singh didn't publish it. Charan Singh didn't publish it. Jagat Singh didn't publish it. Gurinder Singh didn't publish it about, until about 10 or 15 years into his, um, um, his mantleship. And he put it on the market and in less than six months took it off the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you, you can't find it now. No, you can't uh, find it. It's out of, it out of print. Yeah, uh, but there it. is a version by Agra, the Agra branch. Yes. And yes. They, um, that version is much more organized. Yes, very much so. And that's the one that came out of, was written by Saligram. In fact, that's the original Sarbashan. The Radhaswami version, I think, is a combination of probably some of the teachings from uh, Jaimal Sangji, as well as the Sarvashan by Saligram. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. There was also, of course, a lot of controversy between the, um, the Agra branch and the Bayas branch on what is Radhaswami, what isn't Radhaswami. Right. But we're not here. We don't care about that. We just care about the essence of the teachings. We con concentrate on that. We know it works. They said the Bayas version has made a lot of changes. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. The, you know, it's clear. He, there's one quote by Swamiji himself that says, um, the saints can't give you a proxy. You know, in other words, they can't promise to take you to heaven. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's so many quotes in Dadu and Kabir and Hafiz that talk about the fact, well, Hafiz did today, Tulsi did today, that the soul was given God consciousness at the very genesis of the soul. That's the true initiation. Mm -hmm. the, and Fakir himself says, you know, he can do nothing uh, other than hold up the mirror. And Captain G used to say the same thing. You can just hold up the mirror. And I say it all the time. And Kabir talked about it. And it's, you know, it's the truth. It's the, it's the essence. The divinity of God, consciousness, is within each and every one of us at the very essence of our soul. And... Mm -hmm. People like myself and others can simply point you to your inner, your own inner soul. We can say things in such a way that the soul has a deja vu experience and it looks inside and sees its own divinity. And that's the thing that warms you up, that warms your heart, that makes you fall in love with the, the essence of the divine loving consciousness within you. It's not because Grego or Captain or Fakir gave it to you. It's just that it, you realize it. Yes, Anita. Ishuji talks about the totality of consciousness. So is yes. that the same thing, divine loving uh, consciousness? And is it the same uh, 
Is it similar to what you're saying? Totality of consciousness. Actually, we experience it in the very first bubble of consciousness. Because when you have that first bubble of consciousness, you, there's no sense of time. There's no sense of space. Without time and space, you see, you're in the very center and you actually are that totality of consciousness. However big that bubble is, your awareness of the bubble is complete. It's total. It's a totality of awareness of the entire bubble, every aspect of the bubble. And it's because we are in the center and without a sense of perspective. In the mind, you see, it's always a subject-object-based perspective. We're never in the middle of anything. But in pure consciousness, we are always in a totality of consciousness, no matter at what level. Now, when Ishwar talks about totality of consciousness, he's talking about something different than the way that he uses the term. Okay? The way that Ishwarji uses the term is he's talking about the experience of Satlok uh, and or the experience of Anami. Um, but that, my goodness, um, we can even then only get a slice of it. In Satlok, the experience of that you have is utterly phenomenal because you not only feel yourself creating sound, but your consciousness is also in the space and is consciousness as the space and pure consciousness within the space is consciousness as the energy and pure consciousness within the energy. And as the energies move out from Satlok, the space expands and so your consciousness is in everything. And as these energies go through the causal plane, you are that entire causal plane. And as they enter another dimension, you are that entire dimension. And as they spiral to create molecules, your consciousness is, this, is the flow of that consciousness at the same time as it is the actual consciousness. And as these gravity wells get created in the middle of these tight spirals, your consciousness is the vacuum of that gravity that pulls the other soul energies, the energy patterns back in towards the middle. And so this is what happens at the nucleus of an atom, you see, and then all the molecules spin around it. Well, your consciousness is the space within the molecules. It's the consciousness of the space. It's the consciousness within the energy, which is the molecule. It's the consciousness as the energy as well. So it's the consciousness of the molecule. It's the consciousness of the space. It's the consciousness of the nucleus. It's the consciousness of the entire molecular structure all at the same time. So this is totality of consciousness. It's very extensive experience at Satlok. And then these various molecular structures spin around each other and they orbit and you become the gravity of the consciousness that is con 
is attracting all of these other molecular structures to eventually create matter or create a sentient being. And when that happens, you're also the consciousness of the sentient being because you literally, your consciousness, you can literally, literally are your consciousness as you create a factual copy of yourself. You are that consciousness. You're your pure consciousness. And you are the consciousness as well within the confusion, within the chaos of the sentient being that you just created as a soul. Because it's spinning out from you towards the edges of the cosmos. And it doesn't quite see the divinity that it is. You yourself are that divinity. You yourself uh, are within the chaos of that soul, but you yourself can still see the divinity of God, of, the, of, of your own conscious presence. So the, there's a totality of consciousness that's phenomenal. Now, that's the descriptions in the Upanishads are very light. The descriptions in some of the teachings of Kabir and others are very, very light. They don't describe the fully immersive experience. And a lot of the, there's a lot of saints that have reached Sat Lok, but don't necessarily have the fully immersive experience. They don't necessarily see and feel and experience the, this level of um, fully immersive experiences of totality of consciousness. They might see a flash. They might feel the consciousness moving forward and starting to create the energy patterns, but not beyond. The beauty of the path taught by Kabir and Hafiz and Dadu and Tulsi and Swamiji is that we begin, it's easy and it's natural, which means it doesn't involve the mind. It doesn't involve the mind. So from the very beginning, we go beyond the mind in a totality of consciousness, which means in the very first bubble of consciousness that we're in, we have a true totality of consciousness, a, a true fully immersive experience. And because we're, in, we're paying attention to the divine loving consciousness at the center of this, of what we are as this consciousness, we continue to melt into deeper and deeper levels of consciousness. And so when we melt into the crown chakra, we have a fully immersive experience that goes a hundred miles beyond the descriptions in the Upanishads and by some saints. When you get into the Sat Lok, you have another fully immersive experience within which you realize a fully immersive experience of totality of consciousness. It's millions of times greater than the explanations in a lot of the old mystic teachings. I'm not saying that all saints don't realize it, but most don't talk about it. It's my job, uh, my role, my homage to tell everything in great detail so that there's no confusion, so that people can easily understand what's happening when they experience it. I'm trying to take all the mysteries and all the myths the, uh, out, of, out of the teachings so that it's very clear and very real, which is why I do everything with experiential descriptions because the soul quite often has a deja vu experience when 
it hears about things at an experiential level. It remembers from a previous life experience and it wakes up and it makes much better progress on the path. It wakes up within itself, you see. And I could go on and on. The explanations of um, Anami, uh, again, uh, pale in comparison with the experience and with some of the things that we've described. And the same thing in Nirvana, the descriptions in the Upanishads and most of the mystic written mystic teachings barely touch the surface of the experience. And as deep as I go, it's, you know, kind of I feel like I'm uh, a neon sign, uh, you know, shining in a, in a dusky mist-filled night, you know, 30 miles from the closest satsangi while I'm talking about these things. It's... Um, these things are indescribable, but I, I find if I uh, dance around the edges, describing experientially from different angles, from different perspectives, then um, most everyone eventually has um, deja vu uh, experiences where their soul wakes up and, and makes it a heck of a lot easier to um, make progress on the path that way. So it's my job. It's what I'm doing. <laughs> Any other? It's a good question, Anita. Any other questions? Okay. <laughs> Let's do a little bit of meditation then. <laughs> 